0: Unemployment insurance fraud, how it works, how to identify it, and most importantly, how it impacts you. Steve Swirsky from Epstein, Becker, and Green joins us. I'm Lawrence Kledi, and this is Legal Talk today. <laughs> Welcome back listeners. Thank you for tuning in and being here with us. We're going to jump right into our episode, but first got to thank our sponsor Noda. They're powered by m bank because you went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. That's 100% right. By the way, take advantage of Noda, a no cost IOTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds, down to the penny. Visit TrustNota.com forward slash legal to learn more. That's known as spelled N-O-T-A. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay. Let's say hello to Steve Swersky. He's a member at the law firm of Epstein, Becker & Green. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thank you for ju- uh, jumping on with us. You know, Steve, you wrote this article that I read at your law firm. It was titled, Unemployment Insurance Fraud, U.S. Department of Labor Launches New Online Resource for Victims. Apparently, from what you uh, what you put in your piece there, that there's a growing trend of unemployment insurance fraud going on in the country right now. So can you tell us what's feeding that and then give us an idea about the scale of this fraud? Absolutely. One of the things that um, the pandemic with COVID brought about was a lot
1: of greater volume of unemployment insurance claims that had previously been the case. Plus, the initial Payroll Protection Act provided additional funds for unemployment insurance. The result of that, or a byproduct, has been a large number of employees who have been applying filing for unemployment insurance claims, uh, particularly last year when the pandemic first started and the shutdowns started, and uh, a criminal element that has been taking advantage of this. States like New York, for example, that traditionally uh, processed an unemployment insurance claim before they would uh, begin paying benefits, relaxed their rules and began paying virtually immediately, even before they heard back from employers. And what In early March, according to the New York State Department of Labor, which is the agency that administers unemployment in New York, they had identified more than 500,000 fraudulent unemployment insurance claims, and they had estimated that they had paid out benefits uh, on those claims of approximately $5.5 billion. Uh, Similarly, in California, officials there um, have identified at least $11.4 billion in fraudulent unemployment insurance claims. And they've stated that they suspect that there may be an additional $20 billion that has been paid out in California alone. This is not limited to those states. This really is across the country.
0: Wow. So big problem uh, fed in part by the vulnerability of the urgency to get these funds out. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. So let me ask you this. So just the function of this fraud to kind of explain how it works, you know. So how does the fraud work? What specifically is stolen? And then who are the victims when this fraud occurs? Well, the victims are everybody. The victims include individuals whose uh,
1: information has been stolen. Typically, it's on information that's on the dark web from prior data breaches, data thefts. It is taxpayers because a great percentage of the amounts that are being paid out on these fraudulent unemployment insurance claims are coming from tax dollars or government money. And employers who are being billed in many instances for the amounts that are being charged to their experience ratings on claims that were filed, not by employees who were laid off or terminated, but by criminals using the identities, you know, so the names, the the social security numbers, uh, addresses, and other personal information of employees. The claims are being filed not just in the names of people who actually were laid off or terminated, but many of these claims are being filed in the names of employees who haven't missed a day of work since COVID started.
0: So it sounds like both employer and employee are impacted by this, Steve. And so what signs can they be looking for to determine that there's a possible fraud that's been committed?
1: So employees should look for notices from the State Department of Labor from the Unemployment Insurance Division telling them that a claim was filed in their name or that benefits are being paid out or something else that suggests that their name and information are being used for unemployment purposes. That's a red flag. Employers receive notices from the state anytime a claim is filed. So they should be tracking the claims that come in to see whether they align with People who have separated from employment or had significant reductions in hours who may qualify for benefit. Employers should also be looking at the quarterly statements that they receive from the state departments of labor that will essentially be the employer's bill for that quarter and see if they vary significantly from what the employers receive in a typical quarter. One other thing, an individual, if unemployment benefits have been paid to them, they will receive a form called the 1099-G from the State Department of Labor that will uh, essentially report the income to them of uh, the benefits that were paid. If you didn't receive benefits and you receive a
0: 1099-G, you can tell that you've been a victim. If you suspect that this fraud's been going on, you see one of these signs, Steve, what what authority should you be uh, contacting to report these events?
1: There are a number of sources and number of places
0: that individuals and employers should go with this.
1: Certainly one is the state departments of labor that administer unemployment. Most of them have established uh, reporting procedures on their websites where individuals can put their own information. They can also sometimes check to see whether claims have been filed in their name. They should let law enforcement know. For example, many DAs and attorneys generals have set up separate units that are dealing with unemployment insurance fraud. Because of the magnitude since COVID began, they should also check the IRS website because there is a process for if someone's received a 1099G with instructions as to how they handle their taxes. And finally, they should look at the Federal Trade Commission's website, which has information about protecting individual consumer and individual credit and making sure that that employees' credit history is not damaged as a
0: result of this fraud. In your article, you mentioned that if you're a victim of unemployment insurance fraud, you might also be the victim of other crimes. So what other crimes might there be related to that?
1: It's the full range of identity theft crimes. I mean, most of the reporting and most of the state agencies have said at this point that the use of the information to file on fraudulent unemployment claims is really coming from the dark web. It's the result of prior data breaches elsewhere. And essentially, this is a ripe opportunity for fraudsters to, you know, file claims and get checks sent to them by the government or money deposited, but it really is any of the things that you would think typically think about in terms of identity theft. So it can be uh, damage to your credit. It can be people opening bank accounts or, or more likely opening loans or credit cards in an individual's name using that same information, name, address, social security number. And that's why the FTC site is a good place for a consumer or an in- employee to go
0: tax implications. Now, you mentioned the 1099-G, and so as I as I took it uh, reading your article, that means that essentially you're going to be paying the government taxation for the privilege of being ripped off. So if you start to notice this, what are your next steps with uh, the IRS or maybe uh, your state taxing board?
1: So it, it is a great question, and it's it's something that has been evolving. Uh, very quickly. And when the Department of Labor, uh, USDOL, established its website at the end of March, one of the key things they put on there was advice about what for people to do with uh, the tax issues. The information that they've given is that people should not wait for corrected 1099s. They should file their information with their tax returns not including that income. If they've already filed, they should not file an amended return at this point. The IRS has said it's going to provide additional guidance. I would take the same approaches or recommend the same approaches in terms of state taxing authorities. And again, I think if someone's been a victim of this kind of fraud, they should be notifying law enforcement, they should be notifying their employer, they should be notifying the unemployment insurance division and trying to shut it down from each of those angles. I mean, I know employers are looking at this on an institutional basis. Employers are trying to get this information to employees so they have some heads up about what may be coming and how to deal with it.
0: All right, now I want to close it out just talking about the nature of this crime. So I'm thinking felony here, but uh, it seems like it has a federal component, a state component. And so I guess, Steve, what kind of crime is this?
1: So I'm not a criminal lawyer. I'm a labor and employment lawyer, but I will tell you I've had more exposure to unemployment in the last Fourteen months than uh, in the past 40 years, it is a crime on, as you said, the federal level and the state level. It is fraud, it is theft, it is count, uh, counterfeiting in some cases, and we've seen uh, you know state local state and local law enforcement looking at it. We know that it's being looked at on the federal level because these fraud schemes are typically nationwide and often international in scope.
0: So basically, it's a serious offense. Oh, very. <laughs> All right,
1: and, and it certainly is a—it's is a, a—it's not a victimless offense by any means either. Well, Steve, thanks
0: for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation today.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you about this again. Hopefully, uh, this gets under control. But it is something that is continuing to
0: to spiral at this point. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in and making the show part of your day. Much, much appreciated. One more thank you to our sponsor, Nota. You can find them at TrustNoda.com forward slash legal. That's Nota, spelled N-O-T-A. And last but never, never, never least, thank you to our team producer, Molly McDonough, and our LTN audio crew. They're the best. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Clutty. Have a great day, everybody.